everyone. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in the far reaches of space. And today we're talking about The Green Knight. The Green Knight. Yes, directed by David Lowry. Uh Uh-huh. Starring Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. Mm-hmm. And Joel Edgerton. Uh, did you know Alicia Vikander was in this movie? I, yes. I, I mean, I had seen her so, name. Somehow I'd seen the trailer and somehow I missed that she was even in it. And then and then when the movie came on, I was like, I think that's Alicia Vikander. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she's one of those actors who has been in some, you know, pretty major Hollywood movies. But I sort of don't know her work at all. Mm. Like I, I don't know that I could tell you that I'd seen her in anything else. I'm sure, oh, interesting. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something, but like, you know, she just hasn't, you still haven't somehow seen Ex Machina, huh? Oh no, I did. Oh, that's right. She's that's, an Ex that's Machina. That's right. Okay. But I think I can be forgiven for not like totally recognizing <laughs> her in her robot form. You're right. Right. Yeah. With her robot head. Sure. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. So yes, I have seen Ex Machina, but I don't otherwise know her work particularly well. Um, okay. Well, anyway, we're talking about the Green Knight. Uh, I'm just going to read the synopsis because it's very short from IMDb. This is a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Is it Gawain? Gawain? Pronunciation is very controversial. <laughs> I is feel it? like. Well, yeah, they said it, yeah, it's pronounced. It, it's pronounced <laughs> at least two different ways in the film, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like I hear. Maybe even three, come to think of it. So at any rate, yeah. Gawain seems about right. Gawain, yeah. I don't even quite understand how. This is totally off topic, but uh, I had a professor in college uh, who, like, this could, he claimed he could read Old English, and so he uh-huh. would, like, he would read something to us in Old English, and I don't even understand how we know how they pronounced stuff. <laughs> that's a whole... That's a whole I, I, I'm I'm saying this. I haven't looked into it at all. I'm sure there's some ways that we know, but sure. um, it just seems very mysterious to me. Like well, this is this ancient poem. It's from a, hundreds of years ago. So in some ways, the idea of the question of how is this word, how is this name pronounced, seems hopelessly impossible to answer. To me. yeah, just an unanswerable question. Just yeah. pronounce it however you want, right? Um, but so yeah, that's what it is. It's a movie based on. Um, it says the medieval story. My understanding is it's is it's like a very famous poem, right? Story in the form of a poem. Yes, I believe that's right. Um, um, it's there is literally it is the only story of Sir Gawain mm-hmm, Gawain, mm-hmm. Uh, and there was apparently only literally one original copy. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I've heard it described as a, um, what do you call it? Uh, why am I blanking on the, you know, like an offshoot, a spinoff, spinoff. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it described as like one of the original spinoffs of, you know, the, Arthur, the Arthurian universe. Sure, right. And then, then this, this Sir Gawain character yeah. gets, gets his own the, little. The ACU, as it were. Yeah. The Arthurian cinematic universe. I don't know if cinematic is, is, is an adjective that you would use. The ALU, the Arthurian Legend Universe. Oh, yeah, legendary. There legendary you go. Legendary Universe. 
Uh, okay, so I think we were both pretty excited for this movie. Am I right? I was, yes, I was very hyped for it. Based on the trailer primarily, or what else? Yeah, the trailer really was the thing mm-hmm. that did it for me. Same. Um, and I think combined, I mean, and so like, what does the trailer do? I mean, like the trailer communicates like this is a, you know, a medieval story that has a, uh, fanta- a fantasy element to it. Right. Um, and it, and it's a guy on a quest and it's yep. a guy on a journey going from point A to ideally some kind of heart of darkness, which as we've talked on this podcast <laughs> several times is exactly my speed. Right. So, right. um, so yeah, all those things combined, uh, were very exciting to me. Um, I wouldn't have said that like the fact that it was directed by David Lowry was a particularly like motivating factor. Yeah. Right? I'm not too, I don't know him too well. Um, I'd seen, we'd seen the old man in the gun. Right. Uh, and I had not seen Pete's dragon. Um, oh, which I heard it. he did that, which one. I heard was good. Yeah. I heard, uh, but yeah. you know, just wasn't a thing that I sought out. Um, so it wasn't like I had this deep relationship with, you know, the filmmaker, but just all the elements of the story and the filmmaking and the fact that it's this really obscure story that I didn't, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know was also really appealing to me. So just all those elements combined, the trailer communicates all of them. Um, and so I was, I was in. And what did you think? What were your first impressions having seen it? I really liked it. And really want, uh, I really wanted to talk about it a lot. It's a movie, frankly, that I think I didn't realize how much it would lend itself just to like the intellectual exercise mm-hmm. of, of enjoying it. I thought it would, I thought there would be more to the visceral experience of right, watching right. it, like more as uh, like adventure elements mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, it's very a very cerebral. sort of cerebral, ponderous yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 I, I think the word I, that comes to mind for me from the trailer is that it made it look very epic. Um, right. Like it would be this fantastical adventure. Yeah. And um, it was not really that. <laughs> I think it was much more, uh, you know, contemplative uh, or contemplative, I guess is the pronunciation. It Right. It felt in uh, through for much of it felt sort of like a meditation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I also found it very interesting and would say I definitely liked it. I, I think there was there was definitely like a, a tinge of disappointment for me just as just from it not being what kind of my mind had anticipated yeah. based on the trailers. Um, you know, it's it's not like a it's not like a thrilling, really entertaining film i would say it's an intriguing sort of it it definitely draws you in and you're and you're kind of intrigued by it but you're not like right excited you know to see what happens next it, or at least i didn't feel that that level of excitement um, yeah there's not a, yes it's your adrenaline doesn't really like get activated yeah. in this movie yeah um which to be, I mean, I'm looking at the one of the posters for the movie uh, here on on the internet, and it's like Dev Patel with like an axe 
lofted Raised to the sky screaming right yeah, yeah. and i'm and i sort of like that was sort of what i imagined the feeling would be of like this you know um boy becoming a hero right mm-hmm. boy becoming mm-hmm. a legend type story right. yeah and it's not i mean spoiler warning it ain't that right uh and so and, and so i yeah there was some calibration to my expectations but i i think that was hammered home uh by the end of the film and I sort of had a very, a pretty big sort of like change in my thinking about what the, what the movie was about by the end. So by mm. the time I walked out, the movie had done a pretty effective job of recalibrating me to what this was really about. And, yeah. and so in that regard, I wasn't, I, unlike other movies where I've emerged, like it didn't give me what I want. No, I'm disappointed. Like this movie didn't give me what I wanted, but I was actually like totally okay with it. Yeah, it gave you something different that was also good. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we can probably just get into it. Um, this themes of the movie feels like there will be lots to talk about here. Right. Um, I feel like that's all you really have. That's all, you, that's all it gives you. Right. <laughs> themes. Um, so why don't you go first? Does it have a main theme in your view? A few? Uh, I think it honor i think it's very interested in in honor as a a motivating force um and really i think uh it's actually somewhat more about um the pursuit of what honor purportedly gets for you Mm -hmm. which is sort of the percept like greatness Mm -hmm. right this Mm -hmm. this notion of being a a great man right um and so i think the pursuit like thinking about the pursuit of greatness and what greatness requires uh but i think maybe more importantly the why why someone should or maybe should not even be motivated to achieve greatness uh feels like a major notion throughout the Mm. throughout the film what did you what did you pick up uh yeah definitely honor um to be honest a lot of the movie was sort of mysterious to me um so i read a little bit about it sort of after the fact about the poem you know like what's Mm. the original poem all about right and it's still mysterious to me but in a the the fact that it's mysterious makes a little more sense to me um having read more about the poem and that's because I think, you know, I, I would sort of expand on the notion of honor and say it's it from, from what I've read about the poem and so forth. It's very much about the chivalric code, which yeah. is this, um, I think it's something that it's kind of hard for us as modern people to really understand. Like it really is, in many ways, an alien culture. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like, we have the concept of honor today, right? It's not like a, it's not like a, not like I'm speaking another language, but I, I feel like this movie is about a a concept of honor that, you know, is hundreds of years old and Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's told somewhat through a modern lens. Um, but to me, in some ways the movie is almost like painting a picture of the ideal man from another time, you know, 
that isn't necessarily what we would consider the ideal man today, but it's kind of a fascinating look at what what a man at a certain point in time in human history and in this particular civilization aspired to be. And um, maybe what's most interesting about it to me is that there is something that I can connect to about it still. Um, like the, the way that he, the ways that he's supposed to prove himself, they feel kind of foreign, but, but uh, with a tinge of familiarity to them Mm -hmm. um, and a tinge of like relatability. Like I think to me, I don't know if I'm veering off track as far as themes, but it felt like almost like, why would you make a movie about this today? You know, Mm -hmm. like, why would you make a movie about the green Knight? in 2021 um it does feel almost like on a on a meta level uh like on a meta textual level there's something about making a movie about that concept of honor today mm-hmm. for you know modern a modern audience to see and kind of connect to in a way hinting that there is there is something kind of like deep and fundamental about these values um, that we still, they, they don't, they don't quite, you know, resonate the same way that they presumably did back when the poem was written, but they still have a resonance to them. Yeah. I think this, I think the, um, the difficulty in totally divining what this movie is arguing, if it's arguing anything, uh, is part of the appeal to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that I don't totally feel like I can successfully unpack it. I don't totally feel like whatever the moral of the story is, again, if there is one, is one that I understand, or if I do understand it, I'm not sure I agree with it, right? Uh, that that all makes it actually, to me, a little bit richer a subject to... Yeah explore because um unlike a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast where we're like well obviously this right this this movie's point of view is i think more confounding than a lot of other things so um in some ways i feel like <laughs> that's part of what i'm looking forward to in this podcast is yeah sort of like i was like it could be this but also <laughs> the opposite of that right yeah uh, yeah so so well well, I will I will add one more thing to it, which is um, again the idea that it it's you know it's the central concept here is honor, but it it's a little bit of a you have to think of it as like an honor from a different era, from a different culture. Yeah, I think part of it also I think um, has to do with man, like humans relationship to I'll call it nature I think the green knight in some ways represents nature um and and here I don't think I think nature means is maybe somewhat broader or less well-defined than like again what a modern person means by the word nature I think it's um sort of like the natural versus the supernatural you know Mm. Um, to me, like if the green Knight represents sort of the natural world, um, 
then part of the this conception of honor to me presented in this movie has to do with um letting go or or be being allowing yourself to be detached from that um from like, nature right hmm. yeah um that that that's that feels like part of a theme to me like um that that sir gowan is um r- really wants to you know enjoy the pleasures of this world right and um kind of he he's very concerned with his state in this world mm-hmm. and i think that again I, I, I'm sort of I'm struggling to articulate because I think these are just such such distant concepts, but it feels like part of what is is holding him back from greatness is that, and uh, and yeah, that that's like part of the lesson that he's meant to learn in this movie, right? So it might be beneficial for us to for the listener for us to just sort of articulate the central like plot of this film. Yeah. I, right. right. I, I think the fact that the synopsis from IMDb tells you nothing about what actually happens means that we should probably fill in, fill that in. So you want to take it away? So yeah, I'll do my best to see if I can recap it. So Gowan, or as King Arthur calls him, Garwin, mm-hmm. uh, is the nephew of the King. His mother, uh, is the king's sister um and that character's name is i don't think uh, she's morgan lefay right Uh, that's that's the that's who she is in the in the ancient poem but i don't think they ever use the words morgan lefay yeah her name her name here in the cast list is mother um but it's it's morgan lefay so at any rate uh gowan is uh attends a Arthurian Christmas celebration and his mother is unable to attend. And while he is in attendance at this Arthurian gala where there's, you know, like people drinking and enjoying one another's company, uh, his mother performs something that looks like a, uh, bit of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And, uh, while at the, uh, the gathering, uh, Gawain has a bit of an exchange with King Arthur and basically admits that he has no stories to tell about himself that are of any interest. Uh, shortly after, after his mother engages in her uh, wizardry, uh, a giant talking, walking tree person enters. A green knight. A green knight and, said, and proposes a, a game to the room and says... Uh, any man here uh, can try to strike a blow against me. And if he succeeds, he agrees to me returning that blow to him one year from now. Right. And so everybody is not quite sure. No one is quite sure what to make of this. Uh, But Gawain agrees to fight the knight and he gets a sword and he's all jazzed about it. And then the knight simply lays down his very large axe and kneels 
and sort of tilts his head as if to present his neck mm-hmm. for strikage. And Gawain, after a little bit of hesitation, goes for beheads, it. beheads the Green Knight and sort of shouts to the crowd, you know, remember what happened here this day. Yeah. And then the Green Knight picks up his own head, arises, says one year hence, and leaves. And everybody's like, okay, well, that was great. One year from now, you have to go find the Green Knight and like meet your just desserts, receive your just desserts. So a year goes by, and the thrust of the story is yeah, Gawain's so search for this Green Knight, uh, and he encounters various things along the way. And we know that the punchline of this conception, or at least theoretically is he needs to receive the same blow that he gave to the green knight, which is a beheading. Yeah. Right. And so this is the movie. Right. And so, um, so the reason that, uh, we went through all of that is to sort of call out that, I think the way that Gawain and most of the other characters in the film think about honor is that you have to go and do the thing that you said you would do. Right. And I think uh, throughout the film, Gawain is extremely hesitant to do this. Right. Because he's like, but that will get my head. That will mean that I get killed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And to your point, like this ancient concept of of uh, of honor, right? It's sort of like, well, that's your concerns for yourself run counter to the being honorable mm-hmm. in this situation, right? And in some ways, he feels like a very modern person, right? Who is like, but I just want to like hang out and enjoy life and be around people I like. And yeah, why, why do I need to do this? Right. And he knows why, because if he wants to, if he wants to be, he's sort of made his bed. If he wants to be honorable, he has to do the thing, mm-hmm. which is exactly the opposite of what he wants to do with his life, which is just enjoy it. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like this old concept of honor is like really just butting up against sort of how most of us, I think, imagine life ought to be lived which is sort of like for the basic enjoyments that life offers yeah yeah and i think it's you know also i think modern your average person today it you know is kind of comfortable with the idea that we make agreements sometimes and we Mm -hmm. say we'll do things and there and there are rules that are in place but like most of us have kind of a healthy amount of, you know, call it uh, skepticism or disrespect for, you know, we generally don't treat rules and agreements and things as like a hundred percent critical to follow. You know? Right. And, right. And, and some are, some are reasonable and some are kind of dumb. And this one is kind of like a supremely dumb rule to mm-hmm. have to hold yourself to it. It's, it's, you know, okay. 
a year from now, you have to go. There's a rule because of this game that someone presented that you have to go get your head cut off. Like, right. Why? Because that was the game. Right. Okay. Well, that's extremely stupid. (laughs) And, and to a modern person, there's, there's nothing honorable about it. It's just, um, it's, it's just like arbitrary, you know, just because someone said I need to do this, that doesn't mean I need to do it. Um, but I think that speaks to, you know, just like a very different, different kind of, uh, environment that we live in today. And so, yeah, so I think, um, the notion, I think there's, I think there's another aspect to it too, though, which seems to me to come back to the chivalric code. So one is he agreed to do this, so he has to follow through, right? And every, like you said, every character in the movie feels right. that way. Your, your with, word with the exception your, of Essel. Um, yes, that's right. Yep. Who's a bit of a proxy for the modern person, it seems, at least in that one scene where she's like, this seems a very silly way to go, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but I think there's another aspect of it which is why did he cut off the green knight's head right i think that that is um in some ways his fate was sealed you know the moment he made that choice right because he didn't have to right right but i but i i the the, what i was going to say was i think there's a there's a some there's something to be said there too where you know the green knight says whether it's a nick or like a fatal blow, that's what I'm going to return to you in a year, right? And mm-hmm. so he certainly could have just given him a little bit of a graze with the mm-hmm. sword. Uh, but back to the chivalric code, I think the fact that the Green Knight basically kneeled and turned his head and sort of offered him the option mm-hmm. to behead him, I think, again, it was basically, it was a challenge. It was posing a challenge to him. And for him to have given him a less severe, you know, st- struck him in a less severe way would have been cowardly. I think. Right. At, right. Uh, according to the value system then in, right. in, in the right. world of this movie. Like, it's not like, oh, this kid just wants to just wanted to, like, be impressive. So he went and cut the knight's head off like the knight kind of taunted him and and kind of dared him to do it. Right. Right. And so the I think the thing about again this sort of ideal man of this era is that you don't back down from something like that. You're like I understand the rules, and if you're gonna offer me your head, I'm gonna cut it off. Right. 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 I know exactly what you're challenging me to do, and I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like w- why is why does Gawain agree? to the duel or whatever it is, the challenge, the game. And what reaction would we have expected from the crowd depending on the action that Gawain takes, right? So he does the beheading and the crowd is very supportive in that yes, moment. They they're cheer like, him on. They're like, great job. Right. Do we do we think that they would have deemed him to be smart or savvy if he had like gently tapped his sword on the shoulder of the green knight and was like, you know, we don't need to fight, right? Rise and I'll see you in a year, mm-hmm. right? Thank you for coming to the Christmas party, <laughs> right? 
Do we think that they, they would, would mock have, him? I think they would have mocked him. They would say like, you're a coward for yeah. not, you know, absolutely for not challenge for not sort of, uh, showing this night of how, how brave you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and if he had just, and if we take the middle path and he had just like grazed the night, right. A minor wound, right. Same thing. Right. Totally. They would have been like, they would have been like, what are you doing? Why are totally, you because, like half assing this? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the the parameters of the game are, are well understood. And the Green Knight has offered his, you know, he's he's kneeled and sort of invited you to, to behead him. Mm-hmm. So the choice to inflict a lesser wound would clearly be the entire motivation would be to minimize Minimize your own pain. Right. Yep. And so in that situation, the, the kind of expectation and, and, and values, you know, that, that, that group held would have said a true man would do this, right? A Mm -hmm. true knight, I should say, Mm -hmm. or a great man would just, would just be bold and mm-hmm. uh, and and attack in the most violent way possible, fully knowing what's coming his way in a year, and he wouldn't back down from it. So, like, there is something. I don't know if you if you feel this way too. When I was saying before, like, it's so different from what I feel is expected or even mm-hmm. viewed positively today, and yet. I totally do kind of get it. Like I still, I do feel like I said, it resonates somewhat for me. Does it, did, mm-hmm. did, did, did these ideas resonate for you at all? Or is it just like, it's just stupid. <laughs> well, I feel like the end, uh, it might be beneficial for it. Like, cause I think my opinion of this changed okay, throughout the course of the movie. Um, did it start thinking it was stupid and change or other way around or I think I started the movie very much aligned with King Arthur, right? One, once the game had, once the challenge had been issued and, and Gowan had uh, done the beheading King Arthur comes to visit him a year later. Mm-hmm. Right. And says, you have to go seek out the, the green knight. And Gawain's like, you know, he's like, that's suicide, right? Why would I do that? And the king is like, is it wrong to want greatness for you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is your path. You don't, right. you know, you don't get, this is your opportunity to become great. Yeah. So take it, right? Because yeah. that's, because I can't imagine you not wanting to be great. And so Gawain's funny, like, the idea that the path to greatness for you is just is walking death. straight up to a beheading. Right. But yes. Um, and I think in, in, in part because this is a movie, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. Arthur's right. You got to do it without <laughs> you going on this quest. Like there's no movie. So do it. Right. Um, get your head cut off. Be, be, be brave. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think part because, the, because this is a movie, I was also sort of like, I expected the, I feel like in, okay. So taking a step back, I feel like a lot of movies 
I have this unrealistic expectation for them where lots of movies sort of present uh, a choice uh, as far as what the end of the movie needs to be, right? Uh, it's going to be this or that. This, mm-hmm. per, you know, it's either this person's the killer or that person's the killer. It's either right. that we're going to win or lose, right? And I feel like because you have so much time to ponder like both of these binaries, typically that movies present, I am trained to expect a third thing. Mm-hmm. like a mysterious third thing that no one can quite predict. Mm. Right. Um, and so, uh, and so that's sort of what I imagined for this movie. Right. Mm. I imagined like, I was like, I mean, is it going to be as simple as he gets beheaded or he doesn't? Mm-hmm. Right. Surely there's some, you know, I was sort of a, a movie that, that, um, I don't know why I was thinking about, well, I, I have some thoughts as why I was thinking about it while I saw this movie was, do you remember the Darren Aronofsky movie, the fountain? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if I recall spoiler alert for a 20 year old movie, uh, he, at the conclusion of that film, you know, it dies and is reborn. Right. Mm-hmm. He like becomes, he becomes like a tree plant, right? He becomes that tree, right? Yeah. 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 And that was sort of like at the time sort of fits the bill for me. I, I, Cause I think he's, he's in this search for, uh, to not die. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's sort of like, um, throughout the movie, it's like, will he, or won't he die? And the movie sort of takes a third option. It's like, he sort of does, but sort of doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of imagined that would be the case with this movie. And so in some ways, like, because I want move, I want my movies to be cleverer than the options that they present up front. I was like, dude, you got to go on the quest so I can see what like tricky yeah, thing like, is waiting. It's not end. just going to get cut off. So right. If this find all out just, what's going to happen instead, right. If this all culminates in you just getting beheaded at the end, that will be kind of a bummer. So there's no way that that's going to be the ending, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, and it's also not going to be you just, not seeking out the green knight, like something else has to happen. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was sort of my thought at the beginning. I was sort of like, do it, dude. You have to, you have to go through your, <laughs> your trials go, and tribute. Got to go through, <laughs> Gotta like, go to the green it, chapel, bro. Well, and also I was sort of like, there's no way the game is as there. The game can't be as simple as it's presented. Mm. Right. I was like, there has to be a catch. There has to be some, different way of thinking about this that the green knight is bringing to the table that no one else understands right and so i'm just sort of like preparing to be sort of like cleverly tricked right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the entire movie and so that's why at the beginning of the film uh i'm like yeah go that's what this is right Yeah. yeah um and then if i'm skipping all the way to the end without going exactly into what happens, we can talk about that later, but there's one point where he, you know, spoiler, I'll, I'll do the spoiler submarine, although we've done tons of spoilers already. Okay. Auga. Um, we're going to, st- we're going to spoil it more than we already have. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> mildly spoiled, but parts of it are still edible, but uh-huh. now it's going to be like fully, fully spoiled. Yeah. Um, so he gets, you know, through a bunch of different, uh, episodes gets all the way to the green chapel at the end and he encounters the green knight and the green knight's like, are you ready? 
you know, and he gets his axe ready. Mm-hmm. And Gowan is like, wait, is this, is this all it is? Yep. Right. Yep. And the green Knight's like, what else it ought, <laughs> what, <laughs> what ought it be? Right. right he right, says something right. like that. What, um, and I think in that moment, my like brain like did a backflip. It was just sort of like, Oh my gosh, it's exactly what mm-hmm. it was said to be. Right? right. Right. Um, there's no, there's no trick. There's no sleight of hand. There's no mental gymnastics. It's, this is it. Yeah. Uh, the game is the game, right? There's no, and so, and so at that point, uh, I was sort of very intrigued at what I, I like, I didn't even know what I wanted at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, Oh man, like, what do you do in this situation? Right. <laughs> like when you're really, really faced with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so we can talk about what do you do with it or what does the movie sort of imagine you do with it? Um, but, uh, and so by the, by the beginning, I'm like, yep, you should go. And by the end, I'm like, maybe he should not have done any of this. Mm. <laughs> right. Like mm. maybe this whole thing, maybe the whole premise of this adventure is sort of like his demise is like a foregone conclusion at the very beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's a reason to never undertake a venture like this. So I don't know. That's a, that's a long way of sort of describing my emotional journey <laughs> throughout the film. Mm. Um, where were you at? Like, were you, were you like, this is dumb or, I mean, you were sort of saying earlier, like, you're like, I kind of get it, but what kind you know, how much did you kind of Dur- get it? During the movie, I don't think I understood much at all, to be honest. I was just mm-hmm. sort of soaking it in. And even the ending, well, that's not true. I feel like I did sort of more or less understand the ending, which is to sort of, to sort of state it very simply and possibly at the risk of oversimplifying. I think it's kind of like your basic message of it's better to die a hero than to Mm -hmm. live a coward, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's very much what the kind of final vision sequence to me is all about, where he's like, I have two choices here. One is I run away and Mm -hmm. I doubt that the Green Knight is going to chase me. He seems Mm -hmm. pretty aloof. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go back and be a hero and everyone will celebrate me as Sir Gowan, who Mm -hmm. went to see the Green Knight. And, you know, it's not it's not clear what what they would have believed, but presumably like he would tell this story of that I prevailed and, you know, mm-hmm. or he, or he recognized my bravery and let me go or whatever it might be. And like, then he lives this whole life, but it's this really hollow, like he becomes King and, mm-hmm. you know, he has all this, he has all of this, um, sort of glory, but it, it, it's, it's all for nothing really because right. he knows that it's based on a deception that right. he actually ran away and was afraid. Right. And ultimately it comes, it disintegrates because mm-hmm. in his final, you know, moments in this vision, he sort of like reckons with the fact that he didn't deserve any of this glory. Right. And he's, and he is sort of ashamed yeah. of himself And like, what kind of life is that? Right. So which uh, to me is the revelation that he has of like, I could run away, but what am I saving? What am I, 
Right. What am I trying to preserve if I run away? It mm-hmm. is life, but it's a hollow, meaningless, shame-filled life. Right. Or I face the challenge. I face the challenge and I can live with myself. And, you know, if I die immediately as a result of facing this challenge, so be it. But it's sort of right. the better outcome, right? Right. Um, and, um, you know, and that does, again, it, it feels... <laughs> it's so black and white. I think that's probably the difference is that the mm-hmm. modern audience, modern people don't view reality as so black and white. It's sort of like, we all know that good people do bad things. Bad people do good things. You know, we all mm-hmm. carry like most people carry certain things that they feel shame about certain regrets. It doesn't make them a disgrace, you know, <laughs> There are things that you've run away from in your life. It doesn't it doesn't have to invalidate your entire life. But I think this movie takes a really stark position on it of like, no, it's either it's either you're a courageous, valiant knight or you're, you know, uh, uh, a wimp. basically. Right. Right. Um, And so uh, so that that to me is kind of is how I viewed the ending and, you know, um, him ultimately choosing to say like, all right, not only am I staying, I'm going to take away this green sash that's been protecting me or that I believe has been protecting me. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say, do it. I'm fulfilling. Do you my, will. I'm right. fulfilling, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm doing the game. I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm upholding my, um, my agreement. Um, so I, I think I was pretty on board with that. At least, you know, I'd sort of allowed myself to, to sort of more or less adapt, adopt the, the values of the movie, of the world yeah. of the movie. And, and I was, you know, I was proud of him. I was like, good for you going yeah. Darwin. You're yeah, totally. You're, you're, I mean, you're about to get your head cut off, but you know what? You did the right thing. You made the yeah, right my, choice. My emotions were kind of laid bare uh, when, because the way the ending works is, you know, the third time that three times the knight prepares to uh, take a swing of the axe at Gawain. Mm-hmm. And the first two times he's like, I can't do He's like, stop. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Right. 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 And then the third time he runs off. He's like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And which uh, I think is the time when the knight's like, then I shall get to hacking. Right? <laughs> yeah. The third time. To right. Me, to me, I just like imagine being Gowan and like, you're sort of like, okay, I'm ready. It's just going to be a swift, clean cut and I'm going to be dead. But then when he's like, I'll get to hacking, you're like, wait, right. wait, what? <laughs> Is this going to be like multiple <laughs> hacking swings? You am know? I going to, f- yeah. Am I going right. to feel Am I going to be in like terrible pain for a little bit while you just finish the job? So that, that I, f- I thought that just that dialogue was funny and, and to me, totally it sort of made sense that that would have been what set him off of like, never yeah. mind. Never mind. This- Forget this. I was kind of hoping the lights would just go out and I'd be gone, but this makes it sound like a lot more uncomfortable. So during that whole sequence, when it becomes apparent that he is going to sort of ride his 
encounter with the green knight all the way to the throne mm-hmm. and to, you know, being the king. Um, and in parallel, how just sort of like deeply unhappy he seems the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. Uh, and how sort of, um, loveless and cruel he becomes to joyless yeah. to, um, let's see, uh, what is Essel and to his, uh, eventually grown son mm-hmm. and to, you know, and the queen and like, it's just sort of like, man, what a awful person, right? Mm-hmm. Like by the, mm-hmm. by the end of that sequence, I'm like, man, I don't, he's terrible. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, and I was sort of having this reckoning, by the end of that where I was like, Oh, I like, I'm now realizing that I'm not really meant to like him at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I sort of think back to his total, uh, he's sort of ineffective, right. He gets like jumped by some, uh, you know, some forest, ruffians like in the beginning right he's just totally ill-equipped to defend himself um he obviously really struggles with the temptations at the sort of the manor right before he gets to the green chapel he's incapable of surviving in the wilderness he's afraid you know um, Mm -hmm. and then by the and by the conclusion of the film or, or excuse me by of the end of that sequence i'm like oh what a miserable person right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and and then the sequence ends with a little bit of you know with, when he removes the uh the the belt that's protecting him magically um and then we're back into the green chapel and i was like oh thank god i was like <laughs> right yeah like that would have been a very dissatisfying ending right yeah uh cuz i you know even though i should have sort of known it was a fantasy by virtue of some the, the way some of the stuff yeah yeah and also like the fact that for example, his horse was waiting for him right outside the green chapel. Mm. Right. And I'm just like, I'm like, Oh, that's convenient. Like when it happened the first time. And then in hindsight, I was like, Oh yeah, that's cause it was totally a fantasy. Right. right um, right. but you know, so then at, then at the end when he presents himself finally and fully for the night for the green night. And he's like, okay, I'm now, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. for exactly the reasons you mentioned he's like i've seen the future and i don't want to live in that world i can't go back yeah. without having fully done the thing that i said i would do mm-hmm. um and the green knight is like well done my sweet knight mm-hmm. right and in that moment like without knowing what was going to happen next i was like ah he passed he passed the test mm-hmm. right and in my brain, I'm like, now we're going to have a tragedy with a happy ending, right? He was like ready to die, but because he was ready to die, he gets to live, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of how I was imagining it was going to go. And and then it concludes with, I, I think, kind of a wonderful moment yes, yes. where the Green Knight then kneels down. He's like, and now, <laughs> off with your head, right? Right, right. Uh, which is the final line in the movie and then cut to credits. Right. Yeah, and we don't see what actually happens after that. And so I was like, very, very torn. Right. Mm. Cause I was like, I, w- I, he did what I wanted him to do. 
right? I realized that the alternative was not acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Um, and at the same time, it feels you like you want him to live. It feels like he's being punished for doing the the quote right thing, mm-hmm. even though to your point, it's ridiculous that this is even considered the right thing in this world. But like, yeah, no. to your point, the values of the of the world of the film reached me by the end Mm -hmm. Mm um and the only other way out of it that i could envision was like not to take up the game at all in the first place right there's like no there's no other path yeah um and so yeah when i think about like today if you were in some kind of insane somehow analogous situation where it's like Hey, you promised that you would die if this mm-hmm. thing happened. There's no reason you have to, but just just because you promised to, right? I feel like I'd be like, wouldn't almost anybody break that promise in today's mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. right? It'd be like, well, yeah, but I don't have to. And come on, like, don't be crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yes, I know Doesn't I made actually benefit anyone. Right. right. I know I made this deal, but come on, it would be insane for me to do this. And I'm, I will, you know, I'll make up for it in all sorts of other ways. I'll try to find any other number of ways to make up for it. Right. And this movie is like, nope, there's no other, <laughs> there's no other bargain to be had. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, well, just to clarify something, do you view the final line as unambiguously telling us the audience that he's about to get his head chopped off? to me it's actually not clear in the in the the way that i read it it was ambiguous right right i then uh did two things i listened to or maybe i read uh a little bit of david lowry talking about the movie Mm -hmm. and then i did a little bit of reading about what actually happens in the original story okay right so there's these are both interesting I okay. feel like. Okay. Do you want to hear about, can I tell you about both? I know about the original story. Um, the, in the original story, actually I read what happened, but I actually forget. Does he get his head cut off or not? No. In the okay. original story, it's exactly sort of like, yeah, because the green the, knight reveals like I was Lord. What's, what's his name? Yeah. I'm Joel right? Edgerton the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this was and, a test and this was a test and you passed. And so mm-hmm. now go mm-hmm. back and be, a legend, right? And it's yeah. kind of like what I was imagining the end of the movie would be, which I don't think would be super satisfying, right? Yeah. It's it's kind of to me like um I have the same exact beef with the end of the movie The Game. Mm-hmm. Right? Where Michael Douglas is at like an extremely low point by the mm-hmm. end of the film mm-hmm. and he throws himself off a building to like yeah. end his life and it's like there you go. You passed the game. That was like, that's the thing that we were trying to therapy. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, and I was like therapy all along. I was like, what? You know, like I was just so bothered by that. Um, and, and so if this movie had done that, I would have been like, yeah, it's not super satisfying. Like Mm -hmm. for the green knight to be like, this was all just to prove that you could be a man. And now you are. And now happily ever after. Right. Um, but that's how it does end in the, in the original, mm-hmm, in the original mm-hmm. poem or whatever. Okay, but tell me about the interview. Well, Lowry has said, basically he's like, I wanted to get to a place where by the end of the movie, uh, it's a good thing 
that he's getting his head cut off. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, (laughs) right. Cause I had initially imagined it to be like a slightly ambiguous thing. It's like, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter because he's, um, you know, he's now like a mature, like honorable man by Mm -hmm. the end of the film. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's sort of like Larry's like, Oh no, no. Well, sure. That part, but also he gets his head cut off. Right. Um, yeah. And so like the way that Lowry's talked about it, it sounds pretty unambiguous that he sort of envisions that as being the precursor to the beheading. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think the film itself, if you forget, if you forget intention, you forget, you know, what people yeah. say about the movie. I don't think it's, designed well, to be particularly clear. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, I, I, I almost feel like the word ambiguous isn't, um, isn't my favorite word to describe endings like this, because when people talk about ambiguous endings, it's sort of like it could, you know, something happens after the movie and it could be X or it could be Y and we're not mm-hmm. sure. And then people mm-hmm. like to debate, well, is it X or is it Y? Like as if right. there's a right answer. Right. Uh, th- this movie, you know, t- to me, it's much more in the it's 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 in the family of movies like Mulholland Drive, where mm-hmm. I wouldn't take the events of the movie super literally. They're right. much more symbolic. And so to me, it's not really a question of does he or doesn't he get his head cut off after the, you know, it cuts to black. To me, it's like irrelevant. We've reached the end of his growth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Into a great man. And so it doesn't actually, I think for me, my view of the movie and the ending is like, it really doesn't matter if his head gets cut off after this moment. Like he has achieved what he needed to in this story. Right. Right. And like, and, and, and a big part of it actually facing the challenge, um, is kind of based on not knowing what the green knight's objective is. Like, is the green knight here to teach him a lesson? In which case, if the green knight just wanted to teach him, you know, Mm -hmm. how to be a great man, then the green knight would presumably not cut, not cut off his head. Like that, the green knight's sort of benevolent in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Another possibility is the green knight's this weird, you know, this weird sort of psychopathic uh, creature that just likes games and is Mm -hmm. like, this is what we agreed. So I'm going to cut your head off now. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of Gowan, like be, you know, becoming honorable has involves him not having to like, not having to know what the green knight wants out of this situation. Right. Mm-hmm. What matters is he agreed to something. He's not, ba- he's not backing down and he's going through with it. Right. So, so yeah. So to me, it's like, I don't view it as an ambiguous ending as in maybe his head gets cut off after this, or maybe it doesn't. It's like, just doesn't matter. This is the end of the story. Right. right. We've already I, reached the ending. Right. I think, yeah, the, 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 the notion of in any fiction tale, what happens after the story ends is like a misshapen question, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's sort of like, 
what do you mean what happens <laughs> after the story yeah, you, you, ends? It's like, you know this all didn't actually right. happen. Right? Like, we put the words, the <laughs> end. At the story. St- right, right, like, right. The, the, the story ends, like, it's not like life. You know what I mean? It doesn't just keep going. It's like right? the goy's teeth. Right. You remember the, the goy's teeth? In a, in, a in a serious man. Serious man. Yeah. What happened to the goy? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I think it's um, very much like that. You know, it's like this, the, the rabbi tells a story um, that happens to involve a goy. And then the main character in that movie wants to know like what happened to him, you know? And it's like, it's, it's not part of the story, you know? It's right. Right. Not worth the, asking about. The story ends at precisely the point when yeah, it's supposed to. Yeah, the doesn't exist outside of this story. Right. And that's so. exactly the amount of information that you're supposed to have. Yeah. Right. There's not like, um, it's, this is not a, uh, you know, a biography or, yeah. you know what I mean? Of like real events. It's not like where, um, you can ask your parents, you know, this, this story of like, uh, what happened, you know, when you went to college or whatever, and then what happened after college and then what mm-hmm. happened after you after you quit that first job, right? It's sort of like, that's like somebody describing a life to you. Yeah. And I think yeah. we're accustomed to being able to ask those sorts of questions about what happened then and what happened mm-hmm. next. Right. But s- fiction stories to your point, it's like, no, they end precisely when they're supposed to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there like, is well, no reality what to what happened to the pig that made his house out of bricks. What happened to him after? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's sort of, in, in some ways it's like, we don't have as many stories like this anymore today. Our stories tend to be more like, yeah, like realistic things that happen in a world that is larger than the story. Right. But, well, I mean, and we've even conditioned ourselves to expect that with the way we end our stories with phrases like, and they all lived happily ever after. Right. 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 And so it's sort of like, and in some ways, like that sentence is the actual end of the story. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, okay, so the story is all this adventure stuff happens. And then like the prince and the princess get married and they lived happily ever after. And then they died the end. <laughs> right. Like, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's sort of like the implication of that of that sentence at the end of a story. But like the Green Knight does the interesting bit where it's like right now, th- yeah. this moment right now is the he end. made this decision. The decision the is the end. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's right. Um. So we've talked a lot. I mean, I think we're sort of like sort of just getting into, you know, the, our final segments, best parts of the movie, fix the movie. But it's interesting to that that we've talked entirely about the beginning and ending we haven't covered the middle almost at all yeah um any any parts of the middle in particular you want to i mean high level we can say basically i think there's like three main chapters right that's right there's the encounter with those those that little band of of rascals that basically Mm -hmm. tie him up and rob him yeah um there's the there's meeting saint what's her name Saint something. I'll look it up. Hold on. Okay. Fine. I'll find um, it quickly. But a, but a woman who who turns out to be perhaps more like a spirit, um, kind of in the woods, who uh, asks him to help her by finding her head, which has fallen into a a, a pond. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then there's the um, the stay at the at the manor, 
with the Lord and lady and creepy woman with a blindfold. And there's also sort of in there, I view this as less, not really a full chapter, more just like a moment. He encounters Mm -hmm. a band of giants. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's sort of, which I couldn't make heads or tails of that part to be the transit, the transit bits. Like he's got a horse for a portion of the journey. He's got a Fox companion for a portion of the journey and he encounters some giants. The Fox, the the Fox proves to be far less, uh, substantive to the plot. As far as I could tell, than I was expecting. Uh huh. Yeah. He sort of just tags along for a while and then surprisingly talks, but Mm -hmm. doesn't really say much. (laughs) Yeah. It just is like, you're screwed. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, Um, the Fox, I, I think the Fox in some ways gives voice to, um, exactly the same thing that we get a visualization of later when he's sort of imagining running away. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. The Fox is like, if you really understood what was waiting for you, you would live the rest of your days with, sh- with shame. Like you would, you would, you would endure your shame happily. Mm. Right. I think the Fox says something to that effect. Right. Mm. Meaning, you know, yes, the world will tell you that you are shameful and did, and you know did the wrong thing and you will be fine with that Mm -hmm. right um and in some ways i feel like uh it's like essel talking to him Mm -hmm. right uh and she's like look who cares what all these other people think yeah right just come home hang out with me we'll be happy and you don't need to do this and his answer is exactly the contrary he's like no the it's in fact like the only thing I need yeah, to do. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, uh, I liked, it's, it's, it's interesting that he never even contemplates that option. Right. Of, well, of go back, tell the truth, mm-hmm. right. That you yeah. were afraid. Um, but there's this woman who loves you. That's and right. You could actually, <laughs> you could actually, and she would much prefer for you to be alive. And you could make a life with her, but you just won't be great, right? You right. Won't You'll be just be a the knight. common guy, right? Yeah. Um, Which is like unacceptable to him. Never even enters his mind. Yeah, as a possibility. Yeah, for sure. It's like no, if I go back, I'm taking all the glory, and I'm going mm-hmm. to be king. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think it's exactly like that. That subtle difference between what the fox is asking him to do and what his sort of like fantasy is, and like the fact that he goes back and takes the credit and, de- mm-hmm. and, and then decides to be like a joyless jerk for the rest yeah. of his life on top of that. That's sort of the moment I was like, Oh, this guy stinks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he had gone back and said like, yep, I'm a coward. Right. I chose not to die. It turned out he really was going to cut my, he was totally going to cut my head off. So I just left and yeah. you know, you can all say whatever you want, but I get to still live the rest of my days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, happily at the pub. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- in some ways I feel like that I would have been like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. That's a reasonable decision to make. You're living, you're owning your choice. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as like the middle bits of the movie, it's funny. I, I will say I found, I find the parts with the green Knight to be by far the best, parts. The best yeah. ones. Yeah. Same. Um, 
He's an amazing Man. looking character. Unbelievable. I thought the f- effects or whatever. I don't know if it was all practical or CG, but right. he looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the bit before the Green Knight wakes up where he's just sitting there waiting. I know. Like that day. was so much more. That was very haunting. And uh, yeah. I, I, I found that to be much more compelling than I certainly than I would have guessed if you described that part of the movie to me like yeah yeah so then he like sits down and just <laughs> sort of <laughs> stares at him for like a day like yeah you know? yeah um but that that I, I think I was like there with him you know that mm-hmm. that feeling of like I'm here you know I see him he's mm-hmm. sleeping or something and right like, He's presumably going to come awake at some point. I'm just waiting for it. That that yeah. was that was really effective to me. Um, yeah, really loved it. Really, really loved. I've already said it once, but I'll say it again. The line where the Green Knight, when Dev Patel says, "Is this all there is?" and the Green mm-hmm. Knight says, "What else ought it be?" Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that that moment was like mind blowing to me. Right. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. for some reason, just like the way that line hit me was it's like he was talking to directly to you right right yeah because i'm like like, oh you were expecting something else other than the thing that i have been saying it would be (laughs) right right why would you think that right and it's because like my modern brain is conditioned like well there's always a way out there's always a way Mm -hmm. for people to sort of wriggle out of these impossible situations right um and i loved it that he was just like no of course not. <laughs> yeah. The deal um, was extremely clear. Right? I also love the little bit. There's a little bit of banter after that too, where, you know, he like flinches and the green knights like, did I flinch when, right. <laughs> <laughs> when it was your turn? And he's like, he's like, no, but you know, I'm just, it's, I'm a little nervous. And he's like, you've had a year, you've had a year to prepare for this. Right. Very matter of fact. Yeah. So I. So to me, the interactions with the Green Knight are the things that like really lay the movies, lay the movies sort of ideas out most clearly. Yeah. Would you um, say? Would you say the middle parts were weaker to you? Um. Then the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, and also, I mean. You know, to be fair to the movie, I think I'm responding to the Green Knight parts in part because they more closely aligned with what I expected from the movie. Right. Yeah. Like I want, you know, the trailers uh, not joking around with how compelling the Green Knight himself is. Mm -hmm. He's so um, astonishing looking and he's so inscrutable in ways right his to your point earlier like his motivations are totally different or like unknowable yeah yeah that you know it's it's so funny that they they you know my understanding of the original poem is morgan lefay it's like pretty clearly spelled out like morgan lefay just like you know conspired with lord what's his name Mm -hmm. the green knight is just like a, a disguise right Whereas in this one, the movie doesn't spell it out at all. It's just like she's doing this weird witchcraft thing. And then the Green Knight shows up and he reads, you know, his words are like this letter that she has written, Mm -hmm. it seems. Right. But 
in spite of that, he seems quite independent from her, right? Especially in the fine in, in like in the f- closing scenes, right? It's right. It, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like his mother is pulling the strings at that point. Right. So maybe she is, but I, I I'm I'm agreeing with you. He he's very inscrutable, and I just wanted to note like. That's in spite of the fact that the movie strongly suggests that she had a hand in, like, bringing him. Right. But it's sort of like, you know, whereas in the poem, maybe it's like he's purely a creation or fabrication. Whereas in the movie, I think it's it's much more compatible with a view of, like, she summoned him or something right. like that. You know? Yeah, it's almost like saying Beetlejuice three times or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that that is the reading that I think allows the movie to make the most obvious sense is like she's summoning this thing Mm -hmm. right um now why she would do that precisely is also a little unclear to me because it feels like she's grow up yeah it feels like she's potentially signing her son up for his doom right uh well but she also gives him the green sash to protect him right it it, like i think that's what i like about it is like she wants her son to be great, but also doesn't want him to come to any harm. And it's like, I, these two ideas are in this particular way that you've tried to ask your son to be great are incompatible with each other. Right. Yeah. And, and um, he, and he realizes that in the end, but right. I, I, it, it kind of makes sense to me. Like the, the notion of, I mean, th- both of these concepts make sense. Actually, a mother wanting her son to, you know, prove himself wanting him to take on a challenge, like feeling, feeling like, Oh, I've, I've allowed him to be too sheltered or, or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He, he needs to be sort of pushed out of the nest a little bit, but also I just really don't want any harm to come to him. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's sort of like, the I think parents, any parent can relate to that. Right. That's a very parent sort of centric fantasy, which is like the riskless challenge. Yeah. Right. right. And Totally. You want, it's like, go out there and prove yourself to the world. And also here, take this thing with you that will, that will ensure also, nothing bad want, happens to yeah, you. Yeah. I never want exactly you to get what, hurt and never want you to fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the green Knight. those bits are, the, are certainly the best bits. Um, I did think the, the sequence in the, the, the last manner, like the Lord's manner, um, with the, the lady who is, a strange, you know, haunting double of Essel from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the speech she gives about green, right. I thought was quite good. Um, And the coda after Gowan leaves the manor and runs into the Lord in the woods Mm. really um, tied things up for me. Uh, in that encounter that I thought was pretty great. Um, you know, the Lord basically says anything you win in my house, you have to give to me. Right. right. Um, and he's like, what could I possibly win that you, that doesn't already belong to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes apparent that it's something along the lines of like, uh, affection, mm-hmm. right. From another person. And so, uh, Gowan messily <laughs> receives, uh, mm-hmm. some, some amount of affection some from loving. the lady. Yeah. Right. And 
and then when he encounters the Lord in the woods, that is what the Lord wants, right? The Lord is like, I want you to give that to me. Right. right? And Gowan, you know, as is, I think a pattern sort of like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I have to go goodbye. Right. Um, and so he, there's some, there's something sort of interestingly anticipatory about mm-hmm. that encounter where the guy's like, make you a deal. Gowan's like, sure, fine. And then later he's like, I've come to collect. And I was like, oh, no, 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 not, yeah. not that. Yeah, no, yeah. of course not. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should, uh, do we agree that those three chapters in the middle are like, each of them is a test and he basically fails each test. Do, do we think he fails? I was thinking about this. I was, it would have been super clean if the answer was yes. Do we think he fails the middle test? Well, I think he failed. I think he With falls Manifred? short, put it this way. Okay. Right? It, it's, it's like in each case, arguably he sort of does, he sort of ekes by, right. But he didn't mm-hmm. do a good job. So like, yeah, in the, in, with the, with the band of, of bandits, mm-hmm. um, scavengers, he, he sort of isn't generous enough, right. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't show gratitude sufficiently mm-hmm. um he does give the kid you know a coin right but it's sort of like just not he doesn't know how to behave right as like a yeah. true knight would right and so then he ends up getting tied up but then he escapes so it's like he makes it through right he he certainly didn't pass with flying colors yeah and then i feel the same way with winifred where she asks him to help her and first he's like, well, what, what do I get in return? And she's like, what? <laughs> Why would you ask me that? <laughs> right. Yeah. She's like, what kind of knight are you? Like, what do you get in return? You're supposed right. to just help me. Right. Right. And so that, and so then he does. Right. Yeah. Um, After being shamed. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I think s- same with the, uh, with, uh, you know, with the uh, Lord, the Lord and the lady, she clearly is trying to seduce him and he's sort of tries to resist initially, mm-hmm. you know, sort of feeble attempt, but it's not like he, it's not like he just immediately is like, yeah, you know, let's do this. He's sort of like, no, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she successfully seduces him and kind of, you know, shames him afterwards and is like, yeah, you're, no you're, you're pathetic. Right. Um, and then when the Lord is like, give me, give me what you got, he does, you know, there's like an initial kiss and mm-hmm. then it's sort of like, okay, we're stopping it right there. <laughs> right. So, so I don't view each of these as he completely failed. Mm-hmm. I view him as like, he clearly wasn't, he clearly wasn't at the level that he's striving to be. Right. 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 Uh, again, back to, you know, the code about, being someone who just, it, what would acing each, each of these challenges look like, right? With the scavengers in the beginning, he would have given a very generous, you know, he would have been very generous, I think is is sort of the test there. Or right. or he just would have been very prepared, you know, so that when they tried to kind of hijack him, he, he would, he was able, he would be, have been able to fight them off. I think either of those things things would have been sort of a way to pass that first trial. 
With right. Winifred, obviously, he would have just fetched her head, no questions asked, helped out this woman in need, right? Right. And then in the case of the the Lord, I think he would have he would have resisted her yeah. attempts to seduce him. Um so then he yeah. wouldn't really have he wouldn't really have owed the Lord anything. Because um, it's sort of like a double betrayal, right? Yeah. Because he failed twice. <laughs> well, yeah, and at one point he um was made, made perhaps a triple betrayal because he uh the lady looks at the what is it like a bead or something? Like he's got a little token from Essel. Right, a little bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bell, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um and she's like what is this like a symbol of love? And he's like no. Yeah. Right. He's like very overtly like, and then she just takes it from him and it's gone. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he basically is just declaring like that woman back home means nothing to me. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm going to say sort of whatever it takes to like get in your good graces right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, and when he did that, that kind of really, uh, saddened me. I was like, Oh man, wow. He's really just sort of like, value less you know Mm -hmm. uh at this stage in the film and so yeah i think yes so to your question i think i agree all three he has a significant failing uh in all three of them even if he doesn't out and out totally fail completely but he has some major problems uh in each of them yeah yeah he's not a great man in in any of those scenarios right right um I think of the three, I probably liked the bit with Winifred the most. Oh, okay, um, yeah. It, it was it, it it was very mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like you know the the head the skeleton sort of going back and forth between, and then the axe just sort of appearing. Yeah. Um, which to me, to me, I would like to. I, I feel like in the interest of time, we probably shouldn't dwell on it too much maybe after you know after we end the episode we could talk about the axe some more and yeah. the and the sash uh-huh. um yeah and for that matter the fact that the lady looks exactly like essel <laughs> because both <laughs> are played by alicia vikander right yeah yeah um like the, those, those are those are definitely some elements where the movie gets into the, for for me it's like glaring glaringly obvious examples of it sort of not being literal Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, getting away from like, yeah, this is the plot of like getting from point A to point B to point C. Like, how did that axe appear? <laughs> how did that green? Right. How did she make a green sash that was identical to the one that was stolen from him? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do these women look exactly the same? Um, I'm like, I don't. It's not literal. Right. It, these these things mean something beyond what is happening in the world of the movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just, I just thought that scene was, was really kind of creepy and, and interesting, uh, which also it's worth noting that I learned after the fact that is one element that's just not in the original story. It's a completely different story hmm. that, that Lowry just sort of pulled in. Like, I guess the, that tale of St. Winifred is another ancient story, but hmm. it's not part of the tale of the green Knight. Interesting. So 
yeah, another interesting little little artistic flourish there, just blending them together. Yeah, I like that bit quite a lot, actually. Um, but so, yeah, I think the the middle bit, the sort of the the main journey part mm-hmm. of the movie, I liked it and you know i think there's certainly some great moments in there we've already talked about a couple of them i loved the bit after um he gets uh tied up by those uh forest bandits and the camera does a full 360 Mm -hmm. and by the time it gets back to its starting point he's a skeleton right um and then and then it reverses and by the time it gets back around again he's dev patel again yeah he's Um, ready to escape at that point right uh, there are things like that that I quite liked, but I, but I will say, yeah, I, I do feel like the middle part of the movie was sort of, um, when I could, when I think about the beginning and the end, I was like, it just was sort of like a way for me to get from point A to point B. It wasn't something yeah. that I was like, I was like, I, I want to watch all of that again. I was like, I don't know that I want to watch yeah. all that again. Well, and what was the deal with the giants? Do you have an answer to that? Well, uh, from just a thematic perspective, mm-hmm. the way that I read it was it's just another example of him trying to uh, find like the easy way through a situation. Right. By asking giants to carry He's like, him. hey, will you just carry me mm-hmm. to where I need to go? And it's like, nope, like because that would be too easy. Right. Like you yeah. need to just like I know you're tired. You got to walk it like that's yeah. part of the it's part of the challenge. Yeah, I guess so. I think part of me is just like, it feels superfluous because I guess because rule of three, like he's had three, there's three main sort of trials. Then there's just this thing with giants. It just seems like you don't need that. It's just, you know, it looks cool. You know, I guess it's kind of part of maybe why it's included. Also, I don't know if giants are part of the original story or not. I thought you would like it just because you generally like giants. Oh, I, d- I did. I, d- I, d- I did like it sort of as it was happening. It's more like reflecting back on it. It's like, what was that for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Are there any other highlights that you want to talk about before we get on to the lowlights? Uh, no, no. I think we've talked about some, some of my favorite bits. So how would you fix the movie? Or is it perfect and needs no fixing? Well, I think for a movie that um, I feel like so often our fix the movie commentary are about movies that are where we see maybe a a logical problem in the script Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, something where it's like this would be more perfect if they changed this element of it. And one of the things I like about this movie is it's sort of deliberately difficult and deliberately messy and difficult to parse. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like any particular yeah, me saying like clean it up so much. Yeah. Make the it more ma- straightforward and less mysterious. <laughs> yeah. The mystery and the difficulty of it is part of the charm. And so typically the types of, feedback we give are like well this would be tighter and cleaner and better if you changed the following aspects of it but it's right. like i feel like making the movie tighter is not a thing that not the goal Warren's here. doing yeah. Yeah. um 
I think the Green Knight is you like as much as I love him. I don't think you can have more of him in the mm. movie, mm. right? As no, inscrutable, disappear for a long time, and then yeah, totally. It it needs to be one of those things where it's almost like, is he gonna be there? Right, right? like right. Was that like all a dream? You know, um, the motivations of the mother, I think, are like very appropriately difficult to understand mm-hmm. or not clearly stated. Um, I, I really loved the casting for Arthur and Guinevere. I, they just seemed very yeah. regal, but also very sick, you yeah, know, just old, yeah, just, yeah, just old, tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've been doing it a while. Yeah. Really good casting all around. I would say loved the choice of Dev Patel for mm-hmm. Gowan, aside from the fact that he was good and I liked him in the role quite a bit. I I loved the sort of um, just the the bendiness of like what we're doing with what was happening with race in this mm-hmm. movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it just the idea of like we're going to put Dev Patel in this role, and we are not going to like at all talk or think about how a person of his complexion is playing Gowan, right? Sure, yeah. It's it's like I just really loved that. It was like great. Like it's, it's, you know, it'd be, it's like one of those things where people say like, well, Santa Claus is white, you know, <laughs> like, or Jesus is white, right? Uh-huh. You can't like, you can't have it be played by another. Per- it's like, you totally can, right? Like yeah. who cares? Um, so I, I loved that sort of, a uh, Hamilton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Um, and did so that, did, did you, but when you say like, uh, that was a, something you said a moment ago made it sound like there's like m- multiple sort of sub subversive, uh, su- subverting your expectations, like racial, uh, things in this movie. Are there others? I don't even remember. Well, just that like Morgan Le Fay is also, okay. uh, like a Brown person. Right. Um, in some ways it might've well, been it, I mean, more it radical. Makes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Would have been more radical if his mother was like Asian like, right or like east asian <laughs> right right but um, no he at least he at least looks like he could be the son of his mother so right that right. makes sense there, yeah there's some believability there. but i just sort of loved the idea that like we're not by putting dev patel in the role we are purposely saying like this doesn't need to be like a quote realistic movie right yeah this isn't this isn't well, like I a, would hope I would hope that what happened is they just a bunch of actors auditioned and Dev Patel was the best, you know. Right, right. But it's like you don't uh, I think it's a it's a credit to uh ca- the ca- whoever cast it and and David Lowry for only using that as the criteria mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. like well he doesn't look like a Gowan. You know right. what I mean? Like instead it's just like no, we anybody could play this role. We just need the right person to portray the right emotions, et cetera. Right. Um, so for, yeah. So for Patel, an actor that I like quite a bit and have liked him in a lot of things that I've seen him in, uh, he, I thought he did a fantastic job playing a person who you have to follow through a movie and like, kind of not like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, all those. So I think from a casting perspective, great from a um 
just from a story and all the themes that we talked about, I think those are all really rich. I mean, we've been talking about this movie now for close to close to 90 minutes. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. and we could talk about it for quite a bit longer. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the fact that I was thinking about it for days afterward. Right. Um, and yeah, it just, it just had a lot, a lot, uh, a lot going for it that I enjoyed, despite the fact that, you know, as I'm describing, it's like, the middle sags. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I don't know that there's a way around that. And I don't know that that's even like bad. Me, me neither. I think that would be my one thing though. Like to me, it's sort of like, um, you know how sometimes you're like, okay, let's try making this change. And then you look at the thing with the change you suggested and you're like, actually that made it worse. Let's go back to the way it was. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel of like, I feel like I would like to see a version of this movie where the middle has been tightened somewhat. Um, but I'm open to the possibility that that could just make it worse. But I think like, I guess my view is this whole movie has very slow pacing. Yeah. Um, very deliberate pacing. And I think that's perfect for the beginning and ending of the movie. Like I think Mm -hmm. the very slow pacing, particularly the ending, like I mentioned, like the scene where he just sits there and is like looking at the green knight, waiting for him to wake up. That to me is all great in the middle. I, there was definitely more like I found myself more in the middle getting like a little bored or Mm -hmm. thinking like, do we really need to see him like eat these mushrooms? You know, like right. just sort of more scenes of like walking and slow panning yeah. and stuff yeah. that, that I'm like, I get that it gives the movie a consistent feel like the whole thing feels very deliberate and meditative, but right. it feels like maybe only the beginning and ending needed to have that kind of pacing and that the middle could have been a little bit more straightforward and they could have cut out some of that kind of like filler stuff that just, yeah, that just extended the length of the movie, you know, walking Um, through the mist. Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, like it, I hate to say it because it's one of the moments in the trailer that most drew me to the movie, but like the giants do feel just extraneous to me. So right. that it feels like a whole scene you didn't need. Right. Um, so that, that's sort of my, my proposal to maybe slightly improve the movie. But like I said, I don't know if it actually would. It's the sort of thing where maybe if I, maybe if I got what I asked for, I would regret asking for it. Yeah. I feel, yeah. And I thought about this too. I feel like just the length of the journey part of the film and like Mm -hmm. the, the many, many shots of him just walking through mysterious places, Mm -hmm. uh, I think is part of the payoff of the end, right? It's like, it's been a long journey and, and at the end, all he can do is sit and wait despite all of that. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know if I totally agree because I agree with, with sort of, what you're saying, but, um, like something I, 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 I'd be, I feel like if I ever started making movies, I would really want to like work on this. How, mm-hmm. how do you really convey the passage of time and the, and, and, and passage of distance? Yeah. Because 
because I actually don't think that like long lingering shots of him walking mm-hmm. to me, they don't really help you, you know, get this grand scale of the total distance he's journeyed. It feels like you would need more cuts, actually more cuts to like different places that he's been to. Yeah. And less like long lingering on the same place where he's like moving a total of 200 feet, you know? Right. Um, Cause I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could walk, show a person walking for 10 minutes straight, <laughs> but right. in a real, in real time, you don't cover that much distance in 10 minutes. Right. Right. So, so I think, I guess if anything, like maybe keep the runtime, like don't actually shorten the movie but just shorten some of the cuts and introduce more like places to, yeah. to contribute to, to, to appreciate, you know, the distance he's traveled and how long he's been on his journey. Yeah. I feel like, um, because the movies doesn't, I think do a lot to orient you to the timing, like mm-hmm. how much time is elapsing exactly. Right. right? Because I think the knight says something along the lines of the Green Chapel is a six days ride or six day walk or something like that from here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. uh, But by the end, I was like, I don't know how many days you've been traveling, like. Five. Yeah, I don't know. Like 10. Like, I I don't really I, I guess he left on December 20th or something like that. Right. Um. So I think there was a so limit four or five. I think yeah. it, I bet it. Yeah, it was, but it was one of those things where it's like, I just didn't, I didn't understand how many days had elapsed and, and you know, it's difficult to your point, like find a way to convey, like here's, you know, walking from sunup until well after dark, like every mm-hmm. day for five days would be probably pretty exhausting and seem pretty long. And, um, and yeah, to your point, like I sort of, I understood intellectually what the movie was conveying, but to your point, I didn't, didn't love it as I was experiencing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's just my one little, it's sort of Look. like, feels like there's room for improvement there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, very enjoyable movie. Well, no, not very enjoyable movie. <laughs> very, very interesting movie and, and enjoyable to talk about it. Um, yeah. A lot of meat on the bones there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do you think we should be mid up? Man, I've really been struggling with I've been thinking about this the entire time. I think my ultimate vote is no. Mm. Right. Um, as much as I love talking about it it's not a movie that I'm really keen to like revisit very much. Mm. Right. Like I would watch the end again. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I would watch the opening bit with the green Knight again, but it's sort of like, let's watch the, you know, the scene at the Lord's manor and be like, Oh, that's like 30 minutes, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. uh, And so, uh, so I think my vote would be, would be no i don't feel good about that mm. but i feel like that's because because there's don't so much to it because there's so much to admire about it but it's sort of like is this a great film you know yeah. like the yeah. same way that and i i don't i don't know that i think that it is i think it's a really admirable film and i think it does a lot of things really well 
Um, it's like, but uh, I don't know. That's my two cents. What are, I don't know. How did you think about it? I probably would beam it up, but, okay. but I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it has certainly not based on rewatchability. Like I, I think that I might like to watch this movie again someday, you know, a couple years from now, but yeah, it's not, it's certainly not like as soon as the credits started rolling, I was like, Oh, I'd love to see that again. Right. Um, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a chore to get through. Yeah. But, um, and I don't know. And I also don't know if the movie's great. I mean, I think it's, it's, it always feels too early if you just saw a movie in the past right. week or two and you're reviewing and you're discussing it to be like, was that a great movie? I don't know. I think time will tell, you know, it's like a, yeah. ask me again in a year. Right. But, right. um, but it certainly feels like a movie that will stick with me and that I'll still have strong thoughts about a year from now. Right. Um, and so I think that carries a lot of weight for me. It's just like, how much does it make me think and mm-hmm. how, how memorable and how unique is it? You know, like, um, to me, there's a little bit of a, I, th- this feels like a movie that has things in it that are sort of unique to this movie. Yeah. But, but universal that like, will make it referenceable, you know, in future situations, like just having a conversation with someone, like maybe a philosophical conversation. I I could see myself, you know, reaching for this movie as like, you know, it's like in the green night, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and so to me, that's, that's a, that's a pretty strong indicator that there's something special about this movie. So I would, I would vote beam it up. So, yeah, if in a future episode of Space Flicks, I have a moment of penance and decide that I've made a huge mistake, we'll, we'll, we'll do a double beam or whatever. We'll take, but we, we could we could unbeam uh, like what, what are, some movies we've beamed up that we're even at the time we we're like iffy, like a uh, Ford V Ferrari. Right? <laughs> did we beam like, that up? I think we did. So we I could mean, be like, you know what? Never mind on Ford, Ford versus you know, Ferrari. I, I, maybe this makes me a Philistine, but like. I probably liked Ford V Ferrari. Better. Oh, me too. Me too. Right? I mean, I, I watched that again not so long ago. I really enjoyed that. Obviously, movie. it's a movie that's doing. They have very little <laughs> in common with each other, no. right? Um, and, and so, yeah, I think in some ways, they're just, as a just a gut sort of like, how much did I enjoy this thing, right? There's a. I think there's a lot to really chew on and a lot to admire about the movie, but I wouldn't say that I you know, yeah. enjoyed it to the same level that some of the other movies that were, that we do beam up. Uh, Fair enough. Enjoyed. Fair enough. Also, I don't know if I would feel this way in a normal year, you know, like, right. The, this 2020 and 2021 have been years of see like a handful of movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, compared did, to past years. Did you, uh, I, did you watch it at home or did you go to a theater? We, to see it? I, I did go to a theater to see it. Okay. Um, okay. So I saw it in a theater. Um, you know, I, I doubt, I, I'm sure you saw it at home. You know, you've got a nice home theater set up. So I doubt it. Like it, it, I mean, I enjoy just in general seeing movies in theaters if I can, but, right. um, but it didn't feel, I don't know. Do you think from watching it at home, like that this was a film that like would have been significantly enhanced by a 
movie theater experience? I do. I, I do. And it might just be more a function of like my television or mm. than anything else. Like there, there's a lot of dark, dark shots in this mm-hmm. movie with like That's true. fog and That's smoke true. Very dark. and yeah. stuff. And I feel like I could just see my TV struggling to represent mm. the like the fine grained detail right. of that. Um, and I was like imagining in a theater, I was like, I wouldn't be distracted by these this weird like mm-hmm. artifacting on, in yeah, a, on a theater that. screen. It would be perfectly gradiented in a way that I would the smoke would feel much more like enveloping and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. involving. And I'm now just like slightly distracted by the fact that I was like, oh yeah, yes, like my TV can't my TV can't handle like blacks this dark, you know, right, right. right. Um, so you know, little things like that I think would have potentially mattered. And I know me saying this, like, if David Lowry were listening to this conversation right now, I'd be like, you fool! That's why you're supposed to go to a theater to watch it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think. I think it's probably it's probably a weird time to be a filmmaker. That's for yeah, sure. for sure. Like for sure, it seems like a, you, I read a lot of quotes from them where they're sort of like, "Yes, it pains me. I really want people to see the movies in the theaters, but like also, I totally understand why they're not right. 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 Um, sort of like if there's any excuse to not go to a theater, I think a global pandemic is probably a good one. Yeah, Denis. Villeneuve, I saw a quote from him the other day that was like, the pandemic is the enemy of cinema. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right. Like of all the things that like, yeah, like don't get mad at the studios who are trying to just figure out a freaking way to get these movies get to through people, this. Right? Yeah. yeah. He, but he's right. He's like, this is the direct enemy of cinema. It's like, it's the one thing you want to be able to do gather with strangers in a room to do something mm-hmm. frivolous, right? Yeah. It's like, well, that that doesn't happen right now for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah. So, um, but we'll we'll get there eventually. We'll get back to being alone, strangers in a room, and we like to eat snacks. That's right. Uh, okay, so we've now talked about the Green Knight. One vote for beaming up, one vote for not. Although I may change my mind later. Maybe I'll watch it again. I don't know. Well. <laughs> Well, well, I guess we can I, always we can always uh, you know put up an addendum down the road in a future episode yeah. and cor- correct past. Yeah, errors put it this way: judgment. we certainly always reserve the right to to change our minds. But right now, I feel like we can do better. Um, All right, somehow, so some be it. way. Uh, so that's all right, it then. I think that's it. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Space Flicks. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Talk to you next time. Have a nice day. Bye.